Hi, I'm Jerry Zucker, and you're listening to Five Questions with Dan Schaubel. You're listening to the Five Questions podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Schaubel. In fewer than 10 minutes, my goal is to extract the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guests today are film directors, producers, and screenwriters, David and Jerry Zucker. David and Jerry have collaborated on several movies, including The Naked Gun and Airplane. We talk about their careers and new book, Surely You Can't Be Serious, during this episode. David and Jerry, welcome to Five Questions. Hey. Hey. That was your first question. No, no, it wasn't. But this is the first time I think I've ever interviewed two brothers. Really happy to have you here. I want to start off with, like, you know, growing up, you were both able to create your own theater. Uh, how did that lead to your first film? Well, we created Kentucky Fried Theater on the campus of uh, UW in Madison. And we just remodeled the back of a bookstore and we uh, borrowed some videotape equipment. At the time, that was pretty rare. There was no video available, but Sony made some of their first video equipment in around 1968. We got it in 1971. And so we did a combination video show. We did spoofs of TV commercials and live. We did improvisations and set sketches. And that's how we started off. We did what we were able to do. And that takes care of the fifth question, too, is what advice we would give. I think it's actually really interesting that you did that. Like, I've talked to a lot of people in the industry, and I think it takes a little bit more uh, effort and investment to be able to create your own theater to then start your own movie and productions, and then that leading into everything you've accomplished since. The word control seems to be a luxury. It seems like where you started is where people want to end. In the business, which I think is really cool. What makes you collaborate effectively on movie projects together or any projects? And how do you draw the line between being brothers and collaborators? I think we did well because we, you know, we never ascribed any value to who authored what joke. It was always a collaboration between, you know, not only the brothers, but our partner, Jim Abrams. And that made it a two out of three. So the one guy would respect the other two guys' opinion if they were outvoted. But we even had something for that, which we called screaming and yelling. And we talk about this in the book. One guy could make a definite point, even though he was outvoted, and the other two guys had to listen. And I think we all respected that. And as far as being brothers, I think it was a relationship that started when we were very young and just continued. We'd always make jokes together. We also invented games. You know, Wisconsin in the winter, if we find a couple balls or, or a hoop or a bowling pin. A or even, even folded socks. Yes, that's right. We would fold <laughs> socks and have this, we invented this whole game. So, and then at University of Wisconsin, we made some short films together and, and, and stuff. But it was, uh, it was just a collaboration that really didn't change that much. You know, we were just in a different medium. And then, of course, when we hooked up with Jim, it was great because, as David said, three is the right number as opposed to either any odd number, one, three, five, seven people could direct a film. I, I, I'm not sure about it. Well, it seems really smart with the majority, right? And if you both argue, you have that third person. Obviously, organically, you probably didn't get along 24-7, right? But at the same time, like organically, to be able to go from brothers and to make each other laugh and to tell jokes, to then kind of leverage that chemistry and those ideas and jokes into productions made a lot of sense. 
Yeah, absolutely. And we were such a tight unit. I mean, we would argue, but we had such respect for each other that if I lost an argument to David and Jim, I would really feel pretty confident that, that I was wrong. And That's it trust. It was never like, oh, those guys are getting up against me, or it was a great friendship and, and trust. Now, speaking about your new book, what were the biggest obstacles when you were developing your hit movie, Airplane, and how did you overcome them? You know, the biggest obstacle was just getting a studio to back it. John Landis always told us, you know, making the movie is fun. It's trying to get the financing that's the horrible, excruciating problem for both Kentucky Fried Movie and Airplane. You know, the, making the movie was went relatively smoothly. And with Airplane, you know, we wrote the first version in 1975, couldn't get financing. John Landis came to see our show, said, why don't you do a movie of the show? We did that. Surprisingly enough, a lot of the things that happened to us that seemed bad at the time, like the first Airplane script, we couldn't get it made. We needed to direct it. And we didn't know how to direct. And we were able to sit on the set with John Landis on Kentucky Fried Movie. We learned from him what was involved in directing. And so after that, we rewrote the script to Airplane. It was much better. And then we took it around to studios. Again, it was turned down by every studio. Our whole career hung by a thread. It was one guy named Michael Eisner, who was the president of Paramount, who said, well, this has possibilities, even if he thought maybe that this was Animal House in an airplane. I don't know if he even knew the fine points of how we were going to go about parody in, in this particular movie, but he said yes, and we were at Paramount. And then he let us direct. So there were a lot of things that were very fortunate. And then he assigned Howard Koch to us as executive producer, and he turned out to be a help. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely relate to Getting a book deal, every book behind me was rejected by every publisher besides one. While I say that that was the hardest part is actually most authors would say the most annoying slash hardest part is doing the enormous amounts of marketing and, and PR for the book, which right. doesn't really stop after one week. As, as you said earlier on, before we started talking for this podcast, it's you get exhausted. Why do you think Airplane is able to appeal to new generations after four decades? Probably because not a satire of current events or about the way things were at a certain time. It's a parody of a style of acting that really hasn't gone away. I mean, it's that really intense, take yourself really seriously, heavy drama. It was much more pronounced probably in the 50s. And that's really what we had in our minds. But nothing has changed. I mean, if you're going to act, you have to take the situation seriously, and people still do. I think that essential thing has not changed, whereas a lot of movies that are more in the zeitgeist of the time, you know, may lose something over the years. That makes sense. And I was also thinking it's probably influenced a lot of the movies we see today, and thus that style still resonates and works. And what's your best piece of career advice? My best piece of career advice would be, you know, I would say that certainly in movies, just always be doing it. Don't spend that much time trying to figure out how you're going to make it or getting friendly with this studio presenter. Just go out and make little films, even three-minute films, and show them to people. The other thing to remember that I think is really important, it's not about you and what you're going to be, how you're going to be considered when you make this great movie. You'll only make a great movie if you're trying to please an audience. But what I would say is, I want people to take my example from the book. My example is, 
I don't think I dealt with disappointment very well. And, you know, Jerry and Jim in the book are kind of kidding. Every big reversal, I took the hardest. I think what I learned from all this was that a lot of times things work out for the best. So when we didn't, we were not able to get financing for that first version of the airplane script. That was a good thing. It was, I hated that because I didn't want to go back to doing the theater. And then it turned out that that was the right thing to have happened. So I think you have to kind of ride the waves. It's in the moment versus hindsight, right? In the moment, you feel terrible. You feel rejected, you know, very hard to pick yourself up. In hindsight, it's like, oh, well, if that didn't happen, then that, then this other thing wouldn't have happened. That would have been better. Yeah. I just say when we left Milwaukee, one of the things uh, our dad said to us was, Rome wasn't built in a day. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, David and Jerry. To follow their journey, you can read their book, Surely You Can't Be Serious, The True Story of Airplane. To watch the full extended video version of this episode, go to youtube.com slash Bell. And please remember to rate and review the 5 Questions podcast on iTunes. Mm-hmm.